Hey everyone, it's Abby and Caitlin from Delan Gibson Insurance. We're excited to be here today and we have a special guest, Steve. So as you know, we work with our risk advisors to lower and assess the total cost of risk. And, and we're chicks. Today we have a special guest from our Delan Gibson office, Steve Ryan. He is our claims director. Today we are going to talk about automobile claims and get all the insight from Steve to give you guys the most knowledge about what to do in an automobile accident. And we also have some funny stories from our personal experiences. All right. So this week I did some research on how we see social media in the auto claims field. So I read this really interesting article talking about how social media is being used for insurance fraud investigations, specifically with auto accidents and auto claims. And with the growing influence of social media, law enforcements are actually taking advantage of it and having and have been monitoring social media posts to check for insurance fraud. When you get into an auto accident and you file the police report, based on what I read is that what police don't tell you is that you should also make sure your social platforms do not reveal any wrong or false details about the accident. I have friends that when they get involved in situations like this, I have seen them post on their like social stories of like an accident they've gotten into or a situation that they've gotten into that may involve the police and stuff. What's funny is that our age group is so used to putting their entire life on social media. I know I'm a culprit of doing a million Instagram stories. 100%. You're like the social media story. Like, I just got home from vacation. I think everybody knew where I was at every second because of my Instagram stories. So it's very common for us to kind of just post everything that's going on. But in the end, it could really backfire and hurt us if there was a claim that we were at fault or there's false information because we thought it was funny. And to be honest, this is something I've never thought of until I was reading this article. So it kind of makes you just second guess everything you post um, on social media for all of your followers to see. (laughs) Just... Speaking on behalf of millennials and like, you know, especially, you know, the generation below us, just like growing up being so influenced by the social world, like Caitlin was saying, documenting what we're doing and what we're seeing and what we're going through seems like something we just like have to do. I don't know why, but it is. It's almost um, like peer pressure. Yeah, yeah. We like have to have people know what we're doing at all times. Um, So... Steve, I would just love to get your opinion on this. And um, I know you work with adjusters all the time. Do they mention anything regarding what they've seen on people's social media posts? Or do they mention um, wanting to check people's social platforms? They absolutely check social media. Maybe the first place that they take a, a look at when investigating a, investigating a claim, especially if there's bodily injury involved. So your social media is evidence it's discoverable in court, so if the claim really gets out of hand, uh, that's going to come up during the trial. So be very careful about what you document because it can be used against you. And that makes honestly perfect sense to me, but I don't know why I just never really thought about it until I was reading this article on how what I post out there for the world to see definitely could be used against me. It's kind of scary, but um, it's also like just a habit. For our age group, as I was saying before, we don't think that our social media could come in as a bad way. We think it's such a good thing for us to post. But as Steve was saying, if you go to court for a claim, 
your social media is very, very, very easy to access. Mm -hmm, Definitely. But Caitlin and I actually have a friend that was documenting uh, auto claim situation. Luckily, he wasn't at fault for it. But um, Caitlin, why don't you tell us that story? (laughs) So our friend, he lives in North Carolina and he has a home. And at three in the morning, he was woken up by this massive noise outside in his front yard. So scary. So, of course, he wakes up, runs outside, and sees that a car came over three lanes, went over his lawn, took out his mailbox, and also completely took out a a pole. Yeah, the telephone pole. The telephone pole. So, of course, he goes outside and starts recording the skid marks and, like, the entire situation. And it's so interesting to see all the different aspects of the claim and what happened. Um, I don't know the final results of it, but it was definitely funny to see on his social media. I know I should probably follow up with him on, like, what happened with it. But, yeah, I remember waking up that next morning and doing my daily social media checking and um, seeing that half of his story on social media was just these massive skid marks going all across his lawn. And his mailbox was probably launched, like, 30 feet down the road. But, um, Steve, can you talk to us about an auto-to-object collision? Sure. So, um People that have single vehicle collisions are going to be surcharged for that, and that uh, sometimes comes as a surprise to people. By the way, I just want to say your friend is pretty smart because one of the keys in investigating an auto claim is how fast the car was going. So after the accident, it's hard to tell, right? Mm-hmm. Except for uh, if they, you can measure the skid marks. So yeah. if you have a, a detail of that uh, with your camera, it, they can estimate whether he's doing 20 miles an hour or 50 miles an hour or 100 miles an hour. So it was pretty smart of him to do that. So in terms of surcharges, whenever you have a single vehicle collision, you're going to be surcharged. And that penalty is going to cost you upwards of $2,000 over six years. Now, there are ways uh, to overcome the surcharge. A lot of people think in a single vehicle collision, because no one else is involved, that it's just a done deal, and it's not. I can give you an example, a common example, where those surcharges are overturned. Believe it or not, and this is kind of a pet peeve of mine, uh, in our wonderful surcharge system in Massachusetts, if you're going down 128 and you hit a pothole, that's considered a single vehicle collision. And you are going to be surcharged for that. Wow. Uh, if you take the time to, um, when you get the surcharge notice, the flip side of it is the appeal form. Just send that back to the uh, Merit Rating Board, and you'll be able to uh, get a chance to say your, your piece. And with, uh, collision, uh, with pothole claims, they generally overturn them just out of hand. So appeal those surcharges. And other things like uh, this kid that <laughs> went careening <laughs> over the lawn and hit a pole. I mean, that's a tough one, but... Uh, you don't know what happened just before the accident. There could have been a bicyclist on the side of the road that startled him or some, some other event that played into it uh, that caused him to take evasive action. So, uh, it's again, it's not a foregone conclusion. Always talk with your agent about appealing your surcharges. Right. Matt clearly, obviously, wasn't at fault for this. This was more on the other side. So, mm-hmm. I have unfortunate story. I rear-ended someone mm-hmm. I was at fault for this accident, but 
the way that I handled it was that I went to my insurance agent and just bawled my eyes out in her office cubicle. So if you have an agent, I suggest doing that. <laughs> but um, Steve, what would you suggest someone that you know has also been in a similar situation, kind of like an auto-to-auto? So even uh, uh, on a rear-end collision, a common one I get that I tell people to appeal all, all day long is uh, if you put yourself trying to merge onto 128, and it's uh, it's like trying to enter into a race car race, right? So uh, you pull, there's a car in front of you. They're waiting to merge. Uh, you look over your shoulder. You're checking out the traffic. They start to move into traffic. You look over your left shoulder to make sure it's clear. You take your foot off the brake. You look back, and what happened? The car in front of you it stopped, mm-hmm. and, you, and you bump into them. So technically, that's a rear-end collision. If you appeal that surcharge, there's a good chance, as long as you've Tell the merit rating board officer, listen, I cleared my mirrors. I looked over my shoulder. You can't be looking at two places at once. I took my foot off the brake. When I turned back, he had stopped, and I bumped into him. Chances are you're going to get that um, that surcharge overturned. That's good to know, too, because I feel like that's pretty common is for someone to turn back over their shoulder. They and stop and goes. Yeah. In, in the, in and I know that I've almost done that multiple times merging, so I am now extra careful when I'm especially merging onto 128. But it's good to know that you can appeal it and kind of work to get that back and off of your record. Yeah, definitely speak with your agent about stuff like this. Um, I know when I got into my rear-ending accident, I definitely had no idea what I was doing. So it was nice to kind of fall back onto an agent, and um, my agent was great. She handled it perfectly, and I was just clearly a mess. So, <laughs> And not only with the auto-to-auto we have another story that Abby is going to tell, which is so somewhat sad. comical, but also very sad. Aww. And it happened during one of her driving hours. So we are 15 and a half, 16 years old. So even better. So Abby, why don't you tell us the story about when you ran over a turtle? I need to stop crying when it comes to my like auto situations. But basically, I was doing my driving hour. There's little old Abby, 16 year old, driving down the road, center of town. And um, ahead of us, there's just something in the road, and I'm not kidding you, it, it looked just like a, a plastic bag, if I'm being honest. And so, you know, we're driving down the road, like, I see it in the street, my driving instructor, who barely even spoke English, uh, she was just like, oh, no, just, like, keep going, it's just a piece of leaf or something. So I'm driving, and this was not a plastic bag. I hit this thing, like, the um, the car, like, did a big-ass bump, and something came up and flying through the, my window and landed in my lap, and it was a shell, a turtle shell. I ran over a turtle, killed this poor baby turtle, and there's a piece of its shell sitting in my lap during my driving hour. I was traumatized. Oh, my goodness. So... I just ignored it. I don't think my, drive, my my driving instructor even knew it was going on. I think she was like, oh, it was probably a rock. I'm like, yeah, it's a rock. Like, that's what it was, like, just going along with it. Luckily, I was on my way home, so I got home, and I walked inside, and I literally broke down, hysterically crying. My mom was like, what is going on? Like, what just happened? And I'm like, I killed a turtle, like, freaking out, so... Uh, rest in peace to my baby turtle. I miss you. But anyway, so Steve, what is like uh, in the sense that, you know, let's say if that turtle was like a massive turtle and it actually damaged my car, 
you know, how would I file something like that? So there's a carve-out with uh, collision claims. So any object you hit is considered a collision claim, but in a mass au- Massachusetts auto policy, there's a carve-out for when you hit an animal. So most common one is deers. I've never heard of damage from a turtle before, but uh, it's, <laughs> let's, uh, let's a- hope it stays animal, like that. <laughs> uh, I had a, a weird situation where someone hit a dead animal uh, and believe it or not, I got the adjuster to not surcharge them because uh, t- typically the definition of animal means has to be alive. Uh, oh, so that's kind you. of like a, a uh, trick yeah, situation. a little bit, but um, yeah, so uh, it's considered a comprehensive claim when you hit an animal. So whatever your comprehensive deductible will apply, but there won't be any surcharge. So, Steve, we told our funny stories. What is the craziest story you have heard of an auto claim? We've heard it here before, but share it for our people. Yeah. It's hilarious. So it's Favorite not story. quite on the turtle level, uh, but <laughs> not uh, as traumatizing. Not as traumatizing. <laughs> but I did have recently um, uh, a gentleman call. He's the fleet manager for a company, and they have a fleet of trucks out. And it was up in on uh, ninety five in New Hampshire, and his driver called him and said. I have a turkey in my passenger seat. He says, what are you talking about? He goes, there's a turkey in my passenger seat. (laughs) And I was doing everything I I could to refrain from laughing, as was this uh, fleet manager. And literally uh, traveling along 95, probably doing 75 miles an hour, a turkey in mid-flight went through the windshield and landed in the passenger seat of the truck. It's a thick turkey. (laughs) I didn't think a turkey had enough mass to go through a windshield, but... Obviously, they do. So. Oh, my God. That's yeah. terrifying. That's insane. That's so scary. Imagine looking to your right and seeing a turkey just chilling there with Turkeys your broken windshield. vicious, too. My neighbor has, like, an unhealthy habit of feeding the turkeys. <laughs> so my neighborhood is, like, swarmed with turkeys. So, Steve, when you told me that story, that's what I always think of every time I go out to my car to leave for work, and there's just turkeys all over the street. I've, had, I've had, right. actually had another claim involving turkeys where... Uh, the turkeys, um, this group of turkeys saw this uh, horse trailer, which was um, basically all silver, like a chrome horse trailer, and uh, they saw the reflection in it, and they pecked it to death. Oh, my God. So they put all these little dents in this, this woman's horse trailer, which... Uh, so she obviously had to f- file a claim for that, a, too, she right? She filed a claim for that, yeah, under comprehensive. Oh, so my God. So. So what would that be if, like, the turkeys, like, physically, like, damaged her car? What do you mean? Uh, it's it's damage caused by yeah. a, a, it falls under comprehensive coverage. It's definitely a covered loss. Yeah, just wow. weird. That's probably going to happen to my family's cars while sitting in the driveway with the amount of turkeys I have in my neighborhood. It's crazy. (laughs) Driving to your house sometimes, I'm like, what in the world is going on on this street right now? They're like swarming Abby's neighbor because he feeds them. Yeah, it's scary. So anyway, moving on, um, Steve, just to kind of wrap things up, what are your basic or best auto claim tips? So uh, you mentioned social media opening up this uh, conversation. Uh, you have your cell phone with you. So what I see a lot of when uh, people report claims is just memorialize the uh, situation when the accident happens. A good place to start is take your cell phone, snap a picture of the license plates of each vehicle, the damage on each vehicle. It's good to get a front view and kind of like a three-quarter view if you can. A lot of insurance companies are using, they have like these e-pick programs that you can upload to pictures, and they sometimes don't have to send an appraiser out. They'll do it just based off the pictures. Mm -hmm. Also photograph um, the license of the other party. 
and the registration if they have it available. And that makes the claim go a lot smoother. So Good to know. I wish I knew that when I got into my situations. <laughs> and also for me, too, I have not had a personal experience where I've had an auto claim and been needing to do these steps. So talking to Steve and planning for this episode and hearing all the stories and everything, it makes me understand more of what to do if something were to happen when I'm driving to work, when I'm driving on to vacations, when I'm driving anywhere. It's it's good to know and kind of be reminded of the steps to take. So if you have any questions about an auto claim for Steve or us, please give us a call and we're more than happy to tell you and kind of direct you on what to do and the best steps to take and the uh, what to do for the future. Even if you come and bawling your eyes out like me. so Yeah, we'll deal with that too. Yeah, <laughs> we'll help you with that. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Steve. You gave us a lot of great information for us millennials out there taking taking the streets. For the next episode, we're excited to talk about umbrella policies and how they come into play with claims and protecting your home and autos. So stay tuned for that episode. And remember not to get yourself caught up in risky, risky business. business.